I've gotten better and more confident in in the, the reflex of songwriting and where I want to go. When we first met, I was struck, I was new. Hi, and welcome back to Music Three Pines, the podcast. My name is Brad Rayley, and for this episode, I sat down with Sophia and Joe Babb, otherwise known as Annie Oakley. We first met these two identical twins when we all lived in Oklahoma, though our first meeting was at a Colorado music festival where they joined us in our song circle around a campfire. We have watched them grow up as humans and mature as musicians, and as fortune would have it, they now also live here in Fort Collins. We talk about the pandemic and songwriting, but we also explore their new album, The Second Day of Spring, and their funding Kickstarter project, which you should contribute to, by the way. We start, however, talking about the difference between the music scenes in Fort Collins as opposed to Oklahoma. Annie Oakley. What's my take on it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have had such a good experience in both realms, like different experiences for sure, because in Oklahoma, um, I I grew up there and I was, you know, uh, just really like taken like in by these older musicians who... Mm. Um, like believed in me even though and believed in our music even though we were like really young and really inexperienced um so like that experience was was great because we had all these mentors and um people who were who didn't think of us as just dumb little kids but like truly like treated us with respect and I held us to a higher standard which I think was like part of why we started so early and were able to to be where we are now um but there is that other side of Colorado where it's just there's far more musicians here and um, especially for the type of music we play um, it really fits in with the scene here Um, like Mm. indie folk and like closer to like almost indie bluegrass even like that's we play like this this style that isn't country it's not hardcore Americana Um, and so in Oklahoma I think there was there were musicians like that like Samantha Crane um, like John Calvin, but there's just such a heavy emphasis on red dirt in Oklahoma mm-hmm. that we didn't quite fit into. So I think, I, I mean, neither is better, but I think with Colorado, we found a lot of resources for our, our style of music. Joe, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> cool. It's good. To, it's good to talk to you. I'm sorry. We can't set this yeah. up in person. Uh, it'd be nice if uh, this damn mm-hmm. pandemic weren't on, we could sit in a, in a room and record this together, but you know, yeah, that's how it goes right now. Yep. First of all, the thing I've been asking people, and and I sort of got this from some other podcasts, but it seems like a nice place to start is is just a you know a no bullshit. How are things going? You know how how has this been during all this the the pandemic, the political unrest, the moving for you guys? I mean that's that's a you know set, setting up completely new networks. Um, so how's it going? I think. For me, it's going well. Um, This is Sophia talking. I think it's going well because um, compared to like what could be in this pandemic Mm -hmm. and the stories that I've heard, the people close to me who've lost their jobs, I feel really, really grateful to like have a house, you know, over my head and be warm. Um, Mm -hmm. So like on a surface level, things are well, but on a like more emotional level, I wouldn't say my mental health has gotten better. (laughs) I also wouldn't say that, I mean, I've been very disappointed this year. Joe and I both thought this would be our year for music and we're still trying to make it that way however we can. But 
Like we had mm-hmm. plans to to tour the country, to tour the UK. So yeah, we've just had a lot of disappointments because we have no idea what to expect with our music anymore. Joe? Um, <laughs> she said it so well. Um, <laughs> it's been good, honestly. First two months of complete shutdown, in- intense loneliness were awful because I had just moved, you know, from Oklahoma in January. So I only had two and a half months of normalcy before total isolation. Um, and I don't live with Sophie. So that was just hard just to be very lonely. My roommates at the time, they went back home. So I spent pretty much two months by myself wow. um, seeing Sophie every now and then, like would we go on walks, but <laughs> um, it was really hard. But now it's like, I have my priorities in check. I know music is the love of my life and not being able to partake in it has just really amplified its importance to me. So I'm just driven to do what I can um, to get back out there as soon as we can. So figuring out how we can make this work going forward. Yeah. Have you guys, uh, one of the things I've been asking just cause it's been, it feels like all of us have to manage, I mean, you know, our, our, our mental health. I mean, there's just a lot going on. And so what I'm actually curious about is about kind of self care. I mean, you guys have talked a little bit about this, being able to get out and do some walks when the, of course, before the fires and, um, and then sort of turning to music as, as, a as a refuge, um, are there any kind of other kinds of self-care that have either that you went back to or that you've discovered as a part of this that have uh, helped? For me, um, it's... Lo- oh, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> Just long walks, like hours-long walks and phone calls with people we really care about. Yeah, for me, I would say long walks have become a staple. Um, re- it's a it's a daily ritual. If I don't go on a walk every day, I, I feel I feel off. Mm. Um, I would like to say, like in an ideal world, I would I would love to be able to say, oh, I've just started writing and picking up my guitar more as a form of self care. But that's not been the case. I have felt very unmotivated to write lately. So, mm. which I've heard from a lot of other musicians. So it's it's apparently not just me. My schedule is very monotonous. So it's nice to journal and try and write about what made the day unique so that I don't feel like I'm doing the exact same thing every single day. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Joe, have you found uh, the, the, the writing to be more difficult or as difficult during the pandemic? Um, I found it to be far easier. I, but I, I think I pick up my guitar anytime I'm bored, uh, upset, sad, happy, anxious. Like anytime I feel a feeling strongly, (laughs) I pick up my guitar is just a reflex now. So, and having a lot of time, um, downtime alone, I just was like, you know what? I'm taken to the guitar Mm -hmm. and it's paid off because now it just, I feel, it feels so natural. So I've written quite a few songs, at least eight songs, probably more towards 10, maybe eight solid ones (laughs) uh, in the past couple months. And that's I've never written that much in any other time. I'm glad I'm glad, Joe, that you've been writing. That's that's um, 
I mean, obviously that's good for, for, for what you're doing. <laughs> and, and if it helps you, that's, that's even better. Yeah. First, I want to talk a little bit about how you write songs, but I'm very curious for you guys, especially since you're a duo that, that do so much stuff together. Um, you obviously write individually and then uh, come together and, uh, you know, share that with your with your sister. And then you guys work up essentially how how you're going to play this. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious about that process. I mean, so uh, do, you, do you feel like you it sounds like at least during this pandemic, you guys are approaching writing a little differently in a normal sense Do you or in a normal sense in a pre pandemic time. Do you, uh, did you have a, a time where you would sit down and say, all right, I'm going to write that I'm setting aside this amount of time to write. And this is how I'm going to go about it. Um, I personally didn't, um, ever do that. Like I've still, um, the whole like writing when I'm feeling something has kind of always been the case hmm. unless I've just been inspired by a certain song and like, man, I want to, I want to be able to play something that's as fun as that song is to sing along to then I might say okay I'm gonna sit down and like figure out what they were doing but I've never really had like a schedule for that for me I it it was not really consistent so for me there was a time especially in the fall before the pandemic where I made it a practice to sit down every day and pick up my guitar and I just had to play it I didn't have to write but I just let myself like I could play another song, I could um, write an instrumental, but I just let myself have that time with no pressure. All I had to do was show up. And I found I wrote a lot when I did that. And I really haven't, I have, <laughs> I have this weird thing now with the pandemic where my days are so monotonous that I don't want to add one more daily routine thing because it's so I I just, it's kind of illogical, but I honestly should probably start doing it again because that's how I've written like the most and some of my best most my favorite work was when I just showed up every day just at least 30 minutes a day from my perspective uh, I'm not really good at shoulds during the pandemic so I don't want you to feel feel bad about that (laughs) Um, what about for uh, and and I'm curious how you guys approach it and at at the kind of elemental level do you start with a chord progression first do you start with a, a lyrical idea first or is it kind of both at the same time Um, I always start with kind of saying what I want to say, even if it doesn't go into the song. Um, Like, let's say I'm feeling frustrated. I'll just be like, I am tired. I'm tired. And like, just keep saying that. And then I'll start like singing it and then kind of match a chord to whatever melody I've come up with. And then um, because I'm just trying to capture that feeling. Um, And then I'll just like... I'll scratch, you know, the initial rough draft like theme and um, get more details into like what I'm trying to say. So that's usually that's actually how I do it every time. <laughs> For me, I usually start with a chorus, very similar to Joe. It's like some feeling, something that I want to say. I maybe it's not well said at that moment, but I just start with a chorus and really explore with whatever that feeling is mm-hmm. or whatever I am trying to communicate. And then from there, the chorus usually like I build out the rest of the verses. I almost specifically always start with a chorus. Do you guys uh, help each other edit or do you mostly come to each other with a finished, pretty much finished song? Uh, We definitely Um, help each other, but I think lately 
Joe has been coming to me with really, really close to finished songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like from the moment you have that kind of rough draft of a song to where you get it to where you feel like it is, it's ready to perform. Is mm-hmm. there kind of an average time? Is it, are we talking, it may take a couple of weeks to kind of get it to the point that you're ready to, to play it out? Or is it a matter of days or a month? It's usually for me, it's within like probably three days. Um, I try and finish it all in one session, but um, you know how that goes. It can be really hard. So yeah. with probably the next day I'll revisit it with like a fresh brain and fresh view on it but I generally get it done or I just say, you know what, this is it. This is the form it's taking. And it's a one minute long song. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes uh, we just, um, or at least in my philosophy, I think Joe follows this too. It's like, we write a lot generally when we, when we are writing, we write a lot. And um, instead of going back and like really like sitting and ruminating on a song, uh, we'll just write that song and be like, okay, it's done. And if we don't like it, then we won't play it or we'll just write another one taking the best parts of that song and go from there. So for me, I, I barely, very, very rarely will spend a long time on a song. Maybe that's because I'm impatient. Um, but generally if, if it's, if the song is done and, or I'm struggling with it, I just leave it. Like I don't try and rework it. Mm. So, so you don't, uh, you've not, I mean, you've been writing what now for a decade. Is it, is it about or? Yeah, in twenty twenty one, a decade. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's not like you go back to some of those earlier songs and say, oh, I'd like to re redo that. I mean you just sort of move on. Most of the time, but actually in the pandemic, Joe has brought up some songs like, Hey, there's a song we used to sing called What I Meant, or there's this other song um that you wrote a long time ago. Like I've kind of reworked it. What do you think? And huh. most of the time we really don't go back to playing those songs, but it's fun to like revisit them. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we will rework them, but generally we don't do that. Since, since you have been writing, you started writing when you were so young. Can you give me a sense of how you each see your own songwriting in terms of its evolution, its development? Yeah. Um, I'm really curious to hear Joe's answer on that. So Joe, <laughs> do you want to start? Um, Sure. I started songwriting after Sophie and I felt like I had some catching up to do. And for a long time, she was pretty much supplying the songs. (laughs) Just kind of coming to the table with, Oh, here's three new songs. We're going to practice and play them. And that was Annie Oakley. Um, Only this, the past two years have we played an equal amount of songs I've written of songs Sophie has written. And that feels so much better. Um, just knowing it's like, I, I felt like in the past I was writing to fit maybe the mold of Annie Oakley that was shaped by Sophia's approach. Mm. Um, but now it's definitely like two halves making the whole. And I've gotten better and more confident in, in the, the reflex of songwriting and where I want to go just by doing it all the time. <laughs> just constantly um i'm not afraid to write a bad song i'm not afraid to write a trite song or a a song that's not catchy at all because i know i don't ever have to play it you know it's like in that moment it does serve a purpose of expression and it's just you know one exercise closer to that 
song I really love to play. Jo uh, blossomed into the songwriter that she is because she she doesn't have to write songs for Annie Oakley. Like she could totally do this thing on her own and even did for a while with her band Spinster. So for me, it's just a privilege to like get to play her songs with her and then also get to co-write on them, making them somewhat my songs. But because mm-hmm. starting out, like Joe Joe mentioned, it wasn't like that. I started writing songs when I was 13 and I was very adamant about writing as much as possible. I was very driven. I wanted to be girl Bob Dylan, even though that's very ambitious. I was had a lot of dreams at 13. And then I kind of just like dragged Joe along with that for a while. Like Joe didn't really have her own say in the band, which obviously you're not going to enjoy if you're like a 15 year old and you're basically forced into doing something you don't want to do. So there was a good while where it really was like my songs and we both became frustrated mm-hmm. with what we were playing because neither of us felt like it was the best we could do. Um, so, I mean, as I've gotten older, I mean, I've written songs for a long time. I don't feel like songwriting is necessarily hard for me, but now that I have Joe, it's like, it's so much easier. You know, it's so much easier to have someone to take a song to that I can trust that she's going to give me honest feedback and good feedback. So, I mean, for me, it's just been like almost every year since I've been 13, I've just felt better and better. And I know at some point I'll reach a point where I'm like not seeing like growth, but it's been almost like 10 years of like exponential songwriting growth. Hmm. That's, that's really cool. And, uh, and I love, by the way, Joe, I loved your uh, not being afraid to write a bad song. It seems to me that that's probably what keeps an awful lot of people from, you know, doing it because it's hard to do. It's hard to write good songs. It's uh, it's easier to write bad songs, but it's really easy to get discouraged, you know, with the bad song. I mean, you get so, it's so easy to get paralyzed by perfection that you end up not doing anything. And it's been, uh, you know, six months since you've written a song and then you're like, I need to do it. You pick it up. It doesn't feel right. And then you just put it down again. And then, you know, the cycle continues. Yeah. It's like a muscle. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. I mean, you guys that I don't know how many people have have talked about it that way. Talk about the fact of the, them just sitting down and, and writing just to exercise the songwriting muscle. And sometimes out of that comes something great and sometimes nothing, but it's still worth doing. You guys, one of the things you're very well known for are your harmonies, because there's just I still remember around that camp circle in in Pagosa Springs, the look on some people's faces, people who just sort of joined up to our little, uh, you know, music circle when you guys would sing together and especially when the harmony would sort of join in. So this is something you guys have known from early on uh, that you had that ability to do that. Um, do you feel like, I guess what I'm asking is how does that part work when you get together? Is it something you guys have been singing together so long that those harmonies come pretty easy to you? Or is this something you've had to work at? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been doing it for so long that it is pretty second nature at mm-hmm. this point. Um, I mean, I'm a harmony. I feel like a harmony whiz just <laughs> like, it's not, I never really struggle with it. Um, but we ha- definitely have experimented where I'm singing melody and Sophie is, is singing the harmony and that's been fun. Just to get kind of mm. experimenting with, with that instead. How yeah, do you feel I think, Sophie? I mean, I, I think Joe is definitely a lot better at harmony than I am. I can do pretty basic harmonies. I, I'm, I don't struggle with coming up with 
a simple harmony, but if there's a really complex melody, then I almost always defer to Joe to help me find like cool mm. notes. And since we've been doing it, since we were before we even were writing songs, we were singing harmony together. I don't know. It's singing together has been really easy for us. Mm-hmm. It's I I'm trying to think of the process because, you know, when uh. it's funny when you ask, like, what's your process? Because I never we never think about it. We just do it. Right. So I'm like when she comes to me with a song, either she's singing melody or I'm singing melody. And generally we'll play a few times through and then whichever one is going to sing the harmonies will start just picking out whatever harmonies they want like with a basic foundation of harmonies. And then what we've been doing more recently is like trying to search for those really cool harmonies. Mm. And I don't know how to describe that other than like the milk carton kids, they go for harmonies that are hard yep. and, or like the Everly brothers, like they do some cool harmonies. So we've been trying to do that more often. So let's, let's talk about the Kickstarter. I'm, I'm very curious. I was watching the video again this morning. But how did this, so this is a really a completely Colorado project. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. All people who we've met in the past year, we haven't known any of these people longer than, some of them not even longer than like a month. So it's been really incredible to just trust the process and trust the good people we're working with. So where'd the idea come from? You was it was it Courtney that you you met who who encouraged you to do the recording? That's what it said in the video, I think. So Courtney and I had been going to the same coffee shop here in Fort Collins called Everyday Joe's. It's also a church on Sundays, and it's just a group of really inclusive, wonderful, welcoming people. And uh, Courtney is one of those people that I met at Everyday Joe's, uh, and she she knew I played music, but she didn't know like what kind. She'd never heard me. So I actually took a class at a place called the Music District here, and Courtney was teaching part of it. So she got exposed to my music through it, and then she came to one of our shows, and she was just really excited about our music. And uh, she came up to us after a show and said, like, do you have any plans to record soon? And we actually were in the process of booking recording with uh, Joe's friend in Oklahoma City. Uh, But the plans are very loose, so we were like, well, if we have the opportunity to record with you, like we'll be flexible because it's kind of hard to turn Courtney Hartman down. She's just so incredible. Uh, so it was really her idea. And she just invited us into her barn for seven days and we did it. Sophia, when you first moved out last fall and, you know, I think you kind of, you know, touched base with me and I was thinking, well, I need to, you know, help, help <laughs> you get connected to the music thing. And then I turned around and you knew everybody I knew and more <laughs> almost immediately. And I, I, I think I may have told you about one person. And, uh, before I knew it, you, you had taken over the Fort Collins, Colorado or Fort Collins music scene. So I have to really <laughs> give credit to the music district here because they, they were a big part of why I moved here when we were looking at PhD programs for my husband, which is why we, we moved here. I, I had a say, of course, and like where he would go. And the music district really sold me. And they are just really, really incredible about connecting people. So it feels like the month I moved in, they introduced me to everyone I'd want to know. Part of what I'm curious of, and I think other people are as well, is how you find kind of a, a thematic um, or sonic kind of sound to that album that's that that sticks together well i think this is our first album we've actually ever thought about the sonic scape of it which i realize now that that is just a more like 
a mature like songwriter thing to do. But in the past, since we were just kind of exploring our sound, we just threw in whatever we thought were our best songs without mm -hmm. even caring if they went together. So I think this is now our first time that we have so many songs that we can we can decide. We can say like these songs sound good together. We we love these together, but this one we love this song, but it doesn't quite fit the tone of the fit. other ones. Yeah. So now we have that ability to choose. And I think Joe has been a huge, like she's pushed the theme of this album even farther because she's taken a few of the songs I've written in the past year and somehow matched them and feeling while making them completely new and different songs. So did you essentially, when you were getting ready to do the recording process, send her um, X number of songs and say, this is what we're thinking about. And then did she come back with a different, you know, with a, with a, a shorter list or did you really decide which songs you want on this album? So we originally sent her, I think like 10 to 15 songs, probably around 15. Like here's our favorite songs that we're most confident in. What do you think? And then from there, we pretty much agreed on what, what we both ended up with, but we, we picked like 10. Can you can you describe for people who are listening what what is your your vision for this for this record? Um, our vision for this record is um, the coming of spring and all that may bring up um, for someone when that's initially mentioned, whether that's um, change or some calm after you know the winter season or just kind of fresh newness. Mm. That's really the underlying tone throughout like everything sonically and, and the theme lyrically in each of these songs we've, we've picked to put on the record. That's, that sounds, that sounds lovely. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting, I, I, I think I signed up for vinyl. So that is the best, that's going to be the best way to listen to this record for sure. Um, it's definitely a, uh, a mood. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about this song and, and where it came from. Yeah, I wrote this song last October, so it's been almost a year. And it's that kind of funny thing where you write a song and you, you feel like it kind of came out of nowhere. And then as you keep playing the song, you feel like it fits more and more, like it becomes more relevant. So I was in this stage of, the fall last year, I felt like I was just um, like in awe of my of my husband. Really, <laughs> like I, I we were engaged and we weren't married yet. And I was thinking, like, oh my gosh, like how did I get this person in my life? He's great. And what would happen like if I lost him? Mm -hmm. And then taking from that feeling, it, it's really like this feeling I have quite frequently, which is just this like awe and gratitude of like being alive. Mm. And like I struggled with depression in the past and there have been times where I didn't want to be alive, but um, I've gotten past that. And now it's like, I want to be alive more than anything, even if it involves like the bad stuff. When we first met Strike. I was new. You felt what did not exist. You fed me, and I grew. 
happened to play this last year at avos i think i did I, it was probably really new then that's a one that's going to be on on the new album and um and uh and so obviously when you when you wrote this by the way when uh, joe was still in oklahoma would you guys send each other songs um i finished this this song from afar she sent it to me and i was like well what if we did this on the oh. chorus um so i guess it's our song <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know who wants to go first, but here's the uh, the first of three questions. And, you know, uh, there's no rush here, but um, and there's no right answer either, of course. But so the question is for each of you, who is your the songwriter that makes your jaw drop? Um, Adrienne Linker. Without a doubt. I don't, I don't think I know that name. Um, She is uh, she's the front woman of the band Big Thief. I don't know if you've heard them before, no. but they're, they're my favorite band of all time. And I had listened to Adrienne years back. I listened to her record A-Sides all the time. Hmm. And only later down the road did I realize I was listening to her other band. And I was like, it's the same person. Oh, my God. It's the best <laughs> like breakthrough moment. Because I was like, I need to consume everything she's ever made now. Um, she is incredible coming up with it's kind of like wily guitar sounding um, guitar sounds and, and lyrics to go along with that. And it's very poetic. Sophia. Yeah. For me, I think lyrically it has to be um, Sufjan Stevens. I think he's a genius and I love how he just touches on human stories. Mm. And I think he's just a master at that, but then there's also another 
element of songwriting that where it can be somewhat of a tie with Phoebe Bridgers. I don't think she's a master mm -hmm. like Sufjan is, but her the way she pairs melodies with her lyrics, I just adore. So, so you're cheating. You're you're trying to sneak in too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. It's funny <laughs> that you say Phoebe because um, I feel like Sophie and I have recently switched our musical obsessions. Recently, oh. um, she used to listen to Adrienne pretty constantly, and Phoebe Bridgers was just my summer album. Like her newest record, Punisher, was all I listened to this summer. Speaking of flawed questions, uh, number two. You, I think Sophia said uh, you guys sort of see yourself in the indie folk category. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. So this question is really about outside influences. Um, so you guys, I know you listen widely. You listen to, to stuff outside of, of the sound that you're making. And what I'm curious about is it, if there's a genre or a, a musician that is in a completely different kind of uh, approach to music that has informed either how you put together melody or hook or, you know, anything. <laughs> is it, can I say Adrian Linker again? <laughs> <laughs> you can. Sophia? I think for me, I would have to say Samantha Crane. Mm. Huge influence for sound. And, um, I really, really like Laura Veers and Alayla Diane. They're similar to me in that same realm of like Samantha Crane. It's like indie folk singer songwriter. I love listening to music that I don't feel like I could ever make mm. just because it's so it's it's like candy. Like I just get to enjoy it and I don't have to think, how do they do that? Why can't I do that? Because right. <laughs> it feels so out of my realm. I'm like, I'm never even going to bother with this. So Okay, the, the final question, uh, do you have a guilty pleasure music? So it might be, and maybe you've already answered this, is there music that you listen to that maybe your fans might be surprised that you listen to? Oh, Coldplay. There we go. <laughs> I, I feel guilty when I listen to Coldplay. <laughs> and I've just been on a kick recently. I love them so much. And a lot of people are like, I hate Coldplay. It's not even good. But you know what? It's it's. It makes me feel good for a moment, at least. Man, that's, I don't know if I even want to say mine. Because <laughs> it's Sophie, so bad. say it. Just say it. <laughs> now you have Ariana, to. I, I can't help but listen to Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> she went and saw Ariana Grande. I love concert. Ariana Grande so much. <laughs> oh, thank you for sitting down. Thanks so much for having us. Well, it's, it's a, it, I was thinking about it. It's, it's sort of funny, you know, again, thinking about that camp, uh, the campfire, uh, in, in, uh, Pagosa Springs and just, you mm -hmm. know, it, if you'd have told me back then, I'm sure you too, that you flash forward to 2020 and we both live in Fort Collins or we all live in Fort Collins, uh, I would have thought that was an, I would not have believed that. So, uh, yeah. it's, been, it's been, uh, and Joe, I'm glad you're in town. I'm sorry. I haven't got a chance to see you. <laughs> Uh, it was really fun when Sophia came to a couple of shows last year. And um, so hopefully we get back to that. And, you know, one of the things we'll do is we'll, we'll do an Annie Oakley show here. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be yeah. such a good celebration. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you will check out their Kickstarter and help them complete their project. I am counting on you to help me get my vinyl. So let's go. But in all seriousness, as I always say, hoping that you will find ways to support musicians and artists during this hard time. We need our poets and truth-tellers now more than ever. 
See you next time on Music at Three Pines, the podcast.